Her father says their weapons gleam as if they had never been fired. He says their boots are clean and their uniforms spotless. He says they look as if they have just stepped out of air-conditioned train cars. Hitler, the women whisper, is touring Parisian monuments. We're doing fine. I'm doing fine. Welcome to We're Doing Fine Book Club Edition. He's Robbie. And she's Lisa. And this month we read All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Nailed it. Crushed Did it. it. I do know I do know the author, but it just became a bit that we've done for the last four weeks. <laughs> sure, so sure. Like you I definitely know. Continue. Yeah. Definitely know the author. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is quite a book. It was, yeah, apologies to anyone that struggled to get through that. I struggled to get, I literally finished this book 45 minutes ago. I literally finished so. this book 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was also my fault. Like, honestly, like, I enjoy a thick book, but, Ooh. but also like, I had made the mistake of trying to read a bunch of other books this month. And like, while I did it all, it really made me lose time mm-hmm. i just um i put it off because moving um you know yeah. being sort of homeless until the 16th i just you have, sort of put you it had off legitimate it, life reasons i was just like but other folks <laughs> exist and it was it was only i think it was like what i moved in on the 16th and then it was maybe the 17th or the 18th that downloaded it on audible and i was like fuck lisa <laughs> it's 18 hours long <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> but like our normal books are like eight hours long on audible yeah. so that really threw a spanner in the works and like i bought the book but then i listened to it instead because i was just it's been a busy month it has been a busy month we're not the youngsters we used to be we don't have the time to read all these things oh my goodness how did i just sit down and engulf books like i used to I, I don't when i was a kid i used to be able to read one book a day is there like adult onset ADHD or something? Because I um, used to be able TikTok, to concentrate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> According to TikTok, yes. I'm just a late bloomer. <laughs> Aren't we all? But would you like to describe right. the plot? Uh, I'll try. <laughs> you got this. So the book follows two characters. We have Mary Lure, who is a young blind woman. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in Paris, and we also follow Vern, Vern, Werner. Werner. Can't remember his surname. Werner, last name. Yep, Werner, last name. Werner is in Germany somewhere. He grew up an orphan, but then um, turns out he's quite bright. Very clever Fennig. boy. Fennig. With a PH? Yes. Nailed it because the, the journal had WP on it at the end of the book. Anyway. <laughs> Ah, the joys of listening to a book. Um, He joins a prestigious school, which I'm pretty sure is part of the Hitler Youth Organization. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he's basically raised to fight in World War II. Um, And it's all about the book then follows these two as World War II happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary Lure is 
she has to leave Paris. She moves to Brittany with mm-hmm. and lives in lives in her uncle's house. Uh, her father is hiding a very rare diamond mm-hmm. called the Sea of Flames. Is it yes. the Sea of Flames? The Sea of Flames. Um, and then he heads off to take it back to the museum, or so we think, and he goes missing. And it's all about her being left on her own when Brittany was destroyed and how she survives. And then at the same time, we see Werner and everything he's doing as he's pulled into this war, made to fight, um, and eventually meets Marie Lure. Yes. And that's where I'll leave it. Yes. Trying to describe this book is difficult because there's so much going on. (laughs) And so many time jumps. So many time jumps, which made it very difficult for me, at least, with audio. And I was just like, every time the time jump, I was like, like, especially with Marie Lore, because it would jump back and forth to her experience with the bombing. And I was just like, what is this current? Is this future? I don't understand. Yeah, is her uncle still there or has he gone missing now? Yeah. I can't keep up. Exactly. Yeah. So if you but, haven't uh, no, you go. Uh, so if you haven't finished it yet, go away, finish it, and join us when you're done. Because yes. from this moment on there will be spoilers. Many, many spoilers. All the spoilers. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not all of them. But we do have a lot of listener questions. Thank you to these are all from Jenny, Bill, and Laura. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. At least somebody joined us. I'm getting, getting. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are great. Um, honestly, like you guys all had hefty amounts of questions, so <laughs> let's delve <laughs> right in. First question's from Jenny. Jenny asks, "What did you think about the Sea of Flames?" To be honest, I thought it was completely random, but also quite engaging. Yeah, no, I, I think the story would not have been affected without that storyline. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed particularly the bit when she's um, hiding from the Germans in her uncle's house. Yeah. And she's hallucinating because she's not had any water, and she's thinking, you know, she's ha- imagining a conversation with her dad, um, and he's like, you'll be fine, you've got the stone, it will keep you alive, that's the curse, is you will stay alive, but be quiet because the Germans will kill you, and she'd be like, but how will they kill me if I can't die? Yeah. And I just thought that, that was a really interesting... Um, inner monologue of Marilyn's. Yeah, I was kind of confused about like why that story was going on throughout. And I think it was like both a reason to remove her father as a character, you know, therefore forcing her to be on her own. And then also an excuse to have Werner save her. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. A little, it wasn't little necessarily... hint of mysticism. Yeah. But yeah, fun, and it gave a good reason for why all of the little lockboxes and things. That was an important plot point. Yeah, I enjoyed those. I really want a miniature house now. I would like any house, mini or otherwise. (laughs) You gotta work. (laughs) Our next question from Jenny is, how did you feel about the short length of the chapters and the quick chop and change between plots? I'll be honest. I'm not sure I fully noticed that because I was listening to it on 2.5 speed the entire time. Really? The book, the book, the chapters are very short. Like, even in the physical copy, most of them are, like, two pages long. There Ooh. was over a hundred chapters in this book. Wow. It didn't, Basically, yeah, it like, didn't impact every, me, but... Like, I don't, I, I liked it that it changed. I think I would have changed it to, like, 
chapter by per character perspective because sometimes it did switch chapters but it was the same character it was just a different scene and i thought that was mm. interesting that was an interesting choice but they also all have like little headers which i think we had discussed because you felt like you were missing something um and that could be why it was like because it was so quick each mm, one has a yeah. header to kind of point out what is the important part of this scene so yeah makes sense I also, I mean, I'm always a fan of shorter chapters over long chapters. Um, I was complaining to the boy because I was like, oh, this has such short chapters. But like, I appreciate that over long chapters because I remember reading A Prayer for Owen Meany in uh, high school. And it was like a 600 page book with like five chapters. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, because I, I prefer to just be like, okay, I can finish, you know, two or three more chapters before I go to bed. Rather than like, oh, I need to try and slog through this 200-page chapter. Yeah. Or stop in the middle of a chapter. Ugh, I hate that. No, thank you. We're but it forced convinced. me to because that book was long and dry. <laughs> it broke you. Broke me. I never felt Bad. so accomplished after finishing a book than after that one. <laughs> but anyways, this is not about a prayer for Owen Meany. This is about all the light we cannot see. Um, and therefore, we have our next question we're gonna switch to a bill question oh thank you bill uh world war ii is a very popular event for media movies books and tv there's tons of stuff that have already been made and new stuff coming out all the time which historical event would you like to see turned into a book or movie for that matter could be something like world war one that we don't see a lot of or something that deserves more attention like the 1921 tulsa race massacre thank you bill you always have like such intense questions i love it <laughs> So how, what do you think, Robbie? Mm, I'm going to stay very on brand. I would quite like to see like a Stonewall. Oh, that would be Stonewall fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It probably exists somewhere, but I've not seen it. Yeah, I would absolutely love to see that. Um, I'm trying to think like historical events and I'm just quite tired of how to weekend. But um, I did actually have two book recommendations of different historical events um, that I really enjoyed. And also, one of them I would really like to see as a movie because I think it would be really interesting. Um, that one is In As Of My Soul by Isabel Allende. Um, it's about the conquering of Chile and the um, found founding of the city of Santiago. Um, it's a conquistadore and her lover. Ooh. So that one's really cool. And then also The Farming of Bones by Edwidge Danticat. It's about a... Um, Haitian woman living in the Dominican Republic during the Parsley Massacre. And I think like those are just like events that you never hear of historical events. Mm -hmm. So I think they just need some more attention because why not? Yeah, why not? So yeah, check out those books if you want some non-World War II historical content. <laughs> um, I think Farming of Bones is one of the like more hauntingly beautiful books I've read. So great oh, recommendation we love a hauntingly from beautiful me. book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go back to Jenny. Oh, thank you, Jenny. There are different, there are a few different plot lines before they all converge. Whose storyline did you like the most? Oh, I think for me, mm -hmm. it was Werner's. Really? Yeah. I just find it quite twisty and dark. Yes, it is very twisty and dark. Um, and I thought especially um, it was quite interesting to read with like the modern context of like the war in Ukraine 
And remember when oh. I, we talked about that 18-year-old Russian soldier, Russian, no, 21-year-old Russian soldier mm-hmm. who had been imprisoned for life for war yeah. crimes. Um, and I just, I just thought of that a lot when I was reading about these young boys being brainwashed and and forced to throw bo- you know buckets of water onto yeah. a prisoner so that he froze outside. Yeah, they're really like taught from a young age and really conditioned. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that don't believe it, yeah, are they're, like, and if they're know, not Fred Frederick, that yeah, he was he punished. Didn't go, he he tried. Yeah, he literally was beaten until he was brain damaged. Like I thought that was one yeah. of the most tragic. I mean, obviously not the most tragic because this book is full of many personal tragedies, but like just one of the most horrific because it was the other boys who did that to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're so young and yet they're so firm in those convictions. Like that's just unfathomable to me. Yeah. Uh, I personally liked Marie Lore's story the best. Um, and like m- specifically her story of like getting Etienne like rejoining him with society and like him growing to be a person again, like rejoining the world. That was nice. It was lovely. And like a little bit of like, I think it was just like a little bit of relief that you needed from all of this darkness. Yeah. I also loved how much bread she ate. Oh my goodness. (laughs) They must have eaten so much bread. But like, if you think about it, like there wasn't much else going on there. Yeah, this is true. That's true. I take that back. <laughs> but, like, you know me, I love bread. I mean, who doesn't love bread? I mean, I guess celiac yeah, intolerant people, but... Um, they can have gluten-free bread. So yeah, it's like just when not she was as like, good. Yeah. It's like <laughs> when she was like, um, father hadn't returned, so she went back to the kitchen and ate more bread. I was like, yes, clean. It's a mood, for sure. Yeah, I'm glad. I relate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This question comes from Laura. Did Warner's sudden feelings toward Marie Laura affect how you felt about him or the book? Well, like how quickly he fell in love. Is that what yeah. we I just think that shows how young they are. Yeah, that's true. I was a bit worried when, like, there was like, oh, a Nazi boy and a blind girl are gonna... I was like, oh no, is this is gonna be like one of those things where they fall in love and he's completely excused for being a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's fine through the power of love. War crimes dismissed. Yeah. Um, no, I I was worried. Like to be honest, just because I've seen that happen in books too often, like not books that I've mm-hmm. like. Yeah, just uh, I was worried that was going to happen, but it didn't. He was a good dude, and it it kind of like just changed his perspective, or at least got him to regain his courage. And I really appreciated the way that that was handled. Yeah, sames. <laughs> Trying to see. Um, one more about Werner from Jenny. Werner, it's Werner. I just keep seeing Werner. the W, so this is why I couldn't have read it. All of that. you're so like, American. Especially with, like, Yota. I would have, like, is it Yota? Yo- I don't, Yota. I've been listening to the audiobook, and obviously, but, like, if I just saw the G-U-T-T-A, I would have been, like, mm-hmm. I know that's a Y, but. Yeah, uh, oh, I, so I think it was read as Uta. No, that's because you were listening to it very quickly. No. Because <laughs> that was You thought it was Mary was Lou. Yeah, but th- at the start, it was definitely Uta, his sister Uta. But yeah, no, I think that is definitely like an American issue of like, 
We don't understand foreign names. <laughs> We're going to westernize that for you. Werner. Yeah. <laughs> Werner. No, You'll be Ver- like, ah, yes, Warner. <laughs> like, you know, like the Warner Brothers. Yeah. Capitalism. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. One more Werner question from Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. As a World War II novel, I was expecting there to be more of a stark difference between good and evil, but I found myself relating to and empathizing with Werner. Did you feel the same? Was it what you were expecting? And why do you think the author chose to do this? Yes, I agree. I definitely empathized with him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he did it to highlight how young these kids were and how, like, yeah. a lot of the pardon the horrific phrasing a lot of the success of the nazi regime was that they brainwashed and conditioned these children that Mm -hmm. didn't know any better that had been raised from can't even remember how young Werner was at the start but you know he was basically it's all about national pride and that's so much easier to instill when you don't realize the horrific things your country does i say this as an american who had to pledge allegiance to the flag every day Mm -hmm. in elementary school. Like, yeah, I think that's a really important part to remember of World War II. Yeah. Like, these kids were instilled with nationalism and patriotism and told that they were the best because of who they are and where they're from. And what color their hair was. Yeah, and now it's your job to go off into the world and make sure everyone else can be as good as you. Yeah. Frightening, fami- frighteningly familiar narrative. Yes. Um, honestly, I was expecting it to go way further as far as, like, you know, making him a very empathetic character. Um, but that's because that's something I always worry about with World War II fiction. Um, but I think the author, yeah, I think the author chose to do this just, yeah, to, um, to put an emphasis on, yeah, how young they were. Also just, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Must have been a lie. <laughs> I just remember that one line about like how it was like, like towards the end of the book where they sent off like the last round of recruits who were barely, you know, 16 in their used helmets that were too big. And I was just like, those poor children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, it is like real life. Like there is no defined good and evil. Yeah. I quite liked the fact that it wasn't like that. Yeah. Nuance. Who would have thought of it? Not me. Certainly not me. All right. One more from Bill. Do you feel like Werner's death felt like an after... Werner's death was felt like an afterthought. It just sort of happened. Well, one can look at this as realistic or as sad and messy after all. As far as the story of this novel goes, it felt like Dor had a deadline and realized, oops, I never finished that. Okay, zombie shambled into a land, into a landmine it is. Thoughts? Is this when Ravi realized he didn't finish the book? No, I have finished it. Okay. I, just don't know if I, I just don't know if I agree that it was rushed. Mm. I feel like it was, I feel like, so in my head, I feel like he did that deliberately. Werner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how Im- implicit it was made in the. I don't know if I've, I say in my head that was, but and but it might have been quite deliberate. But I've you know because he did he'd already been on the beach and been told off because of there was mines. Yeah. And I feel like he just couldn't. He didn't want to live. 
Yeah, and they had set up the fact that he was ill with at least some kind of stomach thing, like where he couldn't eat previously in the book. Um, I do feel like it was not necessarily an afterthought, but it was a way to resolve his storyline. Like, there was no way this poor kid who could have been something great, he had a great Mm -hmm. brain, um, but there was just no way he was getting out of this alive. Um, And I think it also resolves the idea of like, some kind of future where he seeks out Murray lore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was necessarily an afterthought, but I definitely feel like, I think because it feels so sudden, it definitely can feel that way. Yeah, I don't think it was an afterthought, but I, I understand it, it felt rushed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's a way to draw out being blown up by a landmine. <laughs> Well, I mean, he could have stood there for a long time after he heard, heard the click, but mm-hmm. but unfortunately, but yeah. yeah. Not to make a flippant remark, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one more question from Laura. What do you think of the author's decision to flash forward at the end of the book? Did you like getting a peek into the future of some of these characters? And did anything surprise you? Thank you, Laura. I quite liked it. It was quite nice to see. Yeah. Um the resolution of the house and the key making it making the way back to Mary Lure. Mm-hmm. But um it, nothing surprised me like that. Oh it it all seemed to make sense. Yeah, I was telling Robbie as I was as I was listening to the end of the book, I was like, oh, oh this is rough. Like the aftermath of the war and like that one scene with Yota and um Fran Frau Oh with the Russians. Yeah, with the Russians. And I was like, that was fucking rough. It may be unnecessary, mm-hmm. but it was necessary think- for her, the rest of her fast forward to explain how she was also scarred by this war. But I also think that's a really important part of the whole, there's no good and evil. Do you know what I mean? Like the Russians were considered on the good side, but they still, mm-hmm. you know, in World War II, went into concentration camps, freed all the prisoners, and then re-imprisoned the gay people yeah like i think that was another yeah like it just it had to re-cement how gray yeah every aspect of war is definitely i think it's you know it was just really hard to listen to yeah because i don't think anyone would read those women's stories and think that they were complicit in a war yeah but they were still raped by the people where they were, where they were born. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, um, when she, when, when, uh, Yota was, uh, going to, um, Brittany with the house, Mm -hmm. um, the, the wooden house, not an actual house. She was on the train and she noticed a French person sit beside her with a cigarette and she was really worried that he would notice that she was German and blame him for her, for his missing leg. Because she's German. Yeah. And, like, that's unwarranted on her end, but, like, also an understandable feeling. Yeah, and probably, um, like, a social feeling as well. Mm -hmm. Well, we've come to the point in our discussion where we've run out of our listener questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted. I think this is our longest book club episode yet. I don't know. Well, you know my favourite question. Who was your favourite character? I think my favorite character was probably mm. was probably Frederick. He's a sweet boy. And I was very sad about that. 
because I think he was arguably the bravest one. Very true. I think my favorite character was Etienne. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved just, how they used I to listen his to his recordings. I know. That I, genuinely, I cried when I how found they, out that was him that, and his brother. That connection was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. Um. Yeah. So Etienne was my favorite. I just really liked his story arc and how he, you know, went from like a recluse to like you know he had this person that he had to care for and it was yeah. wonderful i'm gonna ask a question i don't usually ask because there are many villains in this book who was your least favorite character oh who's my least favorite character mine was the perfumer yeah he was a slimy greasy f- yeah i think i'd have to agree because everyone else that was sort of considered a villainous character it made sense Well, I mean, it also makes sense what he did. He was taking care of his family, but through very underhanded means while everyone else is trying to lift each other up. But yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 what I mean is that like everyone else was fairly uh, open about where they sat in the war, whereas he played both sides. Yeah. Right. Well, what is your rating? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, My rating. Oh, I think I'm going to go with. Four stars. Despite rushing it, I really enjoyed it. Definitely. I think this is going to be a book that I will reread in a not soon, but in a while. Just because <laughs> I want I want I want to actually physically read it because I feel like I lost a lot in yeah. listening to it. Um yeah, I would also give it a four. Look at us go. Look at us agreeing on something for once. <laughs> Never happens. No. What would you like to announce? Our book for next month, or would you like me to announce it? Would you like a drum roll? Yes, please, always. Okay, so our so my favorite time of the year, Pride Month, yes. is next month. Or sorry, it starts tomorrow. Oh, exciting! Um, so for Pride Month, we mm-hmm. always read an LGBTQ plus book. So for this month, we will be reading a highly recommended book from Bill. From Bill. So, without further ado, drumroll please. <gasps> Less by Andrew Sean Greer. Very excited for this. Also, I'm yes. so sorry that was a shit drumroll. That's okay. You can do better, <laughs> but I know. I know you're just anticipating your favorite month of the year. The gay boys. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> My people. One of these days we'll read more sapphic novels. <clears throat> I'm gonna no, force you. Kidding, kidding. Rude. I forget this goes on the internet where people can hear it and it's not just me and you making jokes. <laughs> we'll see. So I'm not misogynistic, I promise. <laughs> well, thank you everybody. I'm so excited for this one. It's been on my TBR for a while. It's been on my TDR. No, TPR. Fuck me. It's been on my to be red pile since Bill told me about it in March. Yes. Stunning. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I hope you join us next month. As always, send all of your questions or suggestions to wearedoingfine at gmail.com. Yeah. And all of the other things. Don't worry about that. There's a regular episode coming out soon. And rate, review, subscribe, because that's always nice to hear what you think of us. All right. Well, that is our discussion of all the light we cannot see. So until next month, keep Keep reading reading fine. When did the fireworks stop? Like episode one.